On this week's Big Tech Show, when you travel, how do you avoid getting completely ripped off on roaming charges outside of Europe? And what are some of the travel hacks you should know about that aren't included in the tech you buy? We give you all the tips you need to know. On top of my list, Adrian, is my noise-cancelling headphones. When I put them on, I love that it just goes boom, and you're in this kind of sonic bubble and you can't hear the baby and you can't hear that weird frequency of the aircon on the airplane. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Schachten, an indo askelige. Lower and once you're in a Donald Donaldson Lish and if I got shin I can near lower Jeffrey the the Dinyerby. Me head will policy shock on Ian Modiano and a viral start the car Lish and a badge bug a shoot. Skilty Fis Turmi. Nimajigiri and drama honyal ama Tamajigiri Munchen honyal ista. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. They're a top-end team. They're a good test for anyone now. Are they? I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Or, Organisation. No, no, 12, no. What, 12 what, have they, what have they got in the bag to say that? This is their second year in Division 1. They haven't got to an Ulster final yet. They've got a handful of wins behind their back in Ulster. Well, I guarantee you, Dick, no one will... There'll be no one thinking, say, come the last eight of the championship going, well, I'll tell you what, I want off those eight teams left standing, I want our man. Some of the teams, they're over-elaborating on this, this modern style of play. And I think, you know, they have to find their own identity and own template of playing if they're going to, you know, going to go and challenge or going to win games of hurling this, this, this summer. It was a full card of National League action over the weekend with plenty of thrills and spills in both football and hurling. So we have plenty to discuss on the latest episode of the Throw-In Podcast. Will Slattery here with you, and in part two of the show, John Malam will be joining myself and Donica Boyle to recap all the hurling action. But first, we are delighted to have Dick Clerken here with us to talk football. And Dick, we're now four rounds into the league, so a decent sample size to assess how various teams are performing. And I thought maybe to kick off, we might look at some of the teams with new managers, obviously coming into the season. It's obviously very intriguing when new men are on the sideline. In Division 1, Mayo, Roscommon, Monaghan, Donegal all came in with new managers I know who you might be happiest with so far, but out of those teams, which manager today do you think is going to be most pleased with how his team has performed? I think today, you know, and again, the common trend and I've been consistent is it's how competitive it is and how week on week, you know, it's very hard to sort of latch on to a team and say, yeah, they're out and out because every week a different team is a different story. Like last week, we were all talking about Roscommon and Davy Burke and riding on the crest of a wave, whereas he'll he'll be feeling a wee bit sore this morning, a bit of a reality check yesterday in Clonus, and he'll know that right. Well, maybe now it's a bit of a a different conversation around Roscommon that they're they're safe basically, but they know in terms of the summer aspirations, looking at how competitive Connacht is, they've 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 work to do. And, and and it probably showed yesterday in Clonus. And we'll come back to the actual game itself in terms of how it played out. So he'll be feeling a wee bit sore, but but that that was put to be expected. Looking at another manager, own Vinnie Corey, delighted for Vinnie, obviously from a personal reason, know Vinnie a long time. I said at the outset this year it potentially was going to be a tough year for Monaghan. It still might be. So they're not out of the woods by any stretch. But listen, there's 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 great positive vibes. Um Great, at just I think appreciation for what he's managed to do over the last two weeks because he, he he's working with a thin panel in terms of experience and fitness, and he's just maxing them out to get those two results. Like they probably should have won by more yesterday against Roscommon in 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 in, 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 in based on overall play. But listen, has managed his panel really really well to get those two results both from Donegal last week and, and Roscommon. And that huge credit has to go to, to, to Vinny for that and the management team. And uh, so, so everyone's delighted with that because they really wanted to see Vinny and, and a, a homegrown Monaghan management team, not just Vinny and the backroom team, do really well because we haven't had that for a long, long time in Monaghan. Obviously, Mayo then, Kevin McStay, listen, they're, you can imagine where <laughs> expectations and everything's going with Mayo. Um, it's getting ratcheted up very quickly over there, and and for good reason. Like you can only you can only judge on what you see, and what we see with me at the minute is is very easy on the eye. They're the team everyone wants to watch, the team everyone wants to sort of uh, cheer for and want to see doing well. And they have been everybody's second team for the best part of a decade, and they're probably falling back into that bracket again. 
and he has to be given a huge amount of credit, not just the way they're getting the results now, how they're playing, and how, like Vinny, he's getting the most out of his panel and his team and the likes of Aidan O'Shea, who's getting plenty of, of positive sentiment out there in terms of he, he's almost reborn, and but, but bringing new players through. So, you know, those three managers, again, and, and I, that could be all different next Sunday or Monday morning, depending on the results going. I think that's going to be the case right over the course of the summer because every team's going to go through peaks and troughs and it's very unpredictable. Yeah, don't the funny thing about Mayo and Roscommon, Dick touched on a lot of the positives there. You know, they play this coming weekend. They play in the first round of the championship on, I think, Easter Sunday. They could potentially play in a league final. Like, so talk about a potentially phony war this Sunday. Like, what? how do you think the two managers will approach it? Dick, as Dick said, they've started very well. I know Davy Burke had maybe a disappointing defeat. Are they going for it full board this Sunday, do you think? I don't think so, no. I don't think there's anything much to be gained from going full board. Uh, maybe it might be raining on Dick's parade a little bit to say that I covered Roscommon last week and, and uh, Davy Burke kind of said afterwards, look, we can start looking further down the line now. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing about this second half of the league is how teams manage this sort of like, I suppose the term for it we use maybe is periodization in terms of their training. You know, now that Roscommon are safe, are they taking their are they looking further down the line? Um, how high on their list is Mayo in the in in uh, this weekend, or even the possibility of that league final, which you mentioned, when the actual the first round of the championship is the week after the league final, literally seven days later. So do Roscommon or Mayo really want to be in that league final when the the, the Connacht Championship is coming after. So I think there are very real questions. And we'll, we'll ask the managers after games for the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure we'll ever get a, a wholly truthful answer when it comes to that sort of stuff. But how teams manage these next couple of weeks will be very interesting because it all depends on your circumstances. So obviously, coming into last weekend, Monaghan needed the points, whereas Common didn't. I do wonder did that shift the dynamic of that game. And if you looked at what we saw in, in Clonus yesterday, Monaghan were definitely the hungrier, more organised team, working harder, running better lines. Like that was certainly how he came across to me on on League Sunday last night. And you know, there's there's going to be several examples of that over the next while. You know, I suppose maybe if you looked at the likes of Derry, Derry will have to keep going because they need to get out of Division Two. You can say the same about Dublin. There's no letting up. They need to keep getting the results to get out of Division Two. That's a priority. So the next four or five weeks are going to be really interesting, uh, leading into. First of all, those league finals, because they have a impact on your potential seeding in the championship, um, but they're also right up on top of championship uh, of championship football. So it's it's going to be very uh, very interesting to see how different teams and different managers approach it. Yeah, it's funny. The thought occurred to me that if Mayo and Roscommon were drawn in a league final together, could it potentially just double up as the Connacht opener? I know we saw it in Hurling a few years ago. I know that was because of COVID, but. Like if there was a if there was a situation where like they were going to be playing under strength teams in a league final the week before a full on match would could they not just merge? I don't them? I don't think the GA would damage its own competition by doing that like willfully if you know what I mean I think they would as you mentioned there previously the hand was forced I don't think the GA would would put that out but there's no doubt about it that you know if Roscommon and Mayo are playing in a league final and they're playing the week afterwards, um you know I I think. Jeez, I, I don't know how you describe that game, um, but uh, I, I don't it's... think that's going to happen. I think, I think, I think Roscommon will come back, and and like likely mm. a, a Kerry or a Galway will probably take a, a top two spot. I think, I think, yeah, it it, it might, but you know, you'd never have a case that they double them up. Um, you know, that that was a once off just for COVID, but at the same time, I, I don't think Roscommon are going to finish in the top two based on what I've seen yesterday. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I saw them three games. Sorry, Will. I, I saw them two of the first three games. And, you know, what they do have is they have proper options, particularly in the forwards. They have, you know, they have probably seven or eight really good options. Ben O'Carroll has sort of emerged this year. Um, you have the two Mortas, the two Smiths, um, you know, Connor Cox, who once of Kerry now of us comments. So you've a couple of, and that's before you put in like Kieran Lennon is doing very well, a wing forward, Daryl Craig's been coming in a lot. So they genuinely have probably nine options, I'd say, anyway, for six spots. And that's a sort of an array of options a lot of county teams don't have, including some of the some of the bigger ones. I was disappointed with them. I know what you're saying, Donica. As a, as a player and, you know, looking at other teams, I've, I've I've never known a player, never myself, that when you're put out in the field that you don't, that if you, if you consciously are taking a step back going out in the field, you shouldn't be on the pitch. It's a very bad habit and a very bad... Mm precedent for a manager or teams to set if a manager wants to pull you know rein in the whole panel 
in terms of right, we don't want to be peaking. We'll we'll take players off, put them on the bench. Don't be going up, but whoever you put out, go go full bore and and play at an intensity and and an application that you want to be a consistent with your team. Yeah. If you don't have all your players out, you're not going to get up to the level of performance as a team. But like the reality was, Davy Bork put out his best fifteen yesterday. He did, yeah, yeah. and they didn't perform. Yeah. And, and it is a very hard thing to do as well, Dick. You kind of touched Absolutely. it there. But to, if you drop your momentum consciously, there's no guarantee you get it back. No, so, but, but but what's good for the good, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't sort of use, oh, we were, we're, 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 we weren't putting our best foot forward out because we have our points in the bag. Well, well, then don't put your best foot forward out. Don't put them, don't put them out and now they're walking away with individual and a collective bad performance in the locker. That is not a good thing for any team. He'd be far better off going up to Clonish yesterday, running the bench, giving boys game time, letting the likes of the Smiths and the Mortas have a bit of uh, downtime to recover and keep them hungry for the next game, as opposed to what they got yesterday. They got a bit of a bullying and they got a bit of a mm. schooling to the day. That's it. And that, that's not good for anybody's confidence. Like, they look petulant. They look, they look, they look irrit- irritated during the match. That's not the sign of a team that were going up there basically knowing that they were given over two points. They didn't like Monaghan being in their face. Davy Burke was given out on the sideline the whole match. That's, that's not a manager that was happy giving up two points. So that's not that's not a good trend to be getting into. Um, so that, Dick was that's fist pumping was, in Clonus yesterday, wasn't he? You can tell by you, he was, no, the but, blood but, was but, up in Clonus. <laughs> I was sort of watching just the mannerisms of the different teams and, and Vinny and them were quite good. But Davy Burke was very irate, giving out to sideline, giving out to uh, umpires. The mortars were giving out all the time about getting his special attention. So that's not the sign of a team that were going up there knowing that they weren't going at 100% and were happy to give over two points. It was a team that went up there and probably felt they were a wee bit better than they actually are. And they weren't right. happy about it. You know? Well, it's one of those things that will be completely defined by the result against Mayo in the fourth round of the championship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if they turn around and they don't win another game, the league will. And I, I think, but to go and to beat Mayo in the first round, then it'll be Davy Burke mastered, mast, yes. masterfully managed that situation. Yes. yes if yes. they go and they lose by a point, it'll be like, well, the signs were there in Clonus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so the nature of it at the moment. You're right, though. So I was to say, for every game going forward now, Davy says, well, what what's going to help us? For Mayo in the first round of the championship this Sunday, is it going out and getting beaten, going at in, in third gear, or is it going out getting beaten with a whatever team it is, but you're going at full pace and you're getting some positives to take away and bring yeah. in, bring into train the next week? That's what I would be sort of saying to Davy Borg. I said, get positives every week to build towards Mayo. Yesterday wasn't a positive; that was a knockback. Don't care what anyone says. And Dick, in your experience being in intercounty dressing rooms, are, are the management teams kind of? communicating with the players about the priorities, quote-unquote, or are they kind of having those conversations among the management team, picking a team, and then kind of doing it that way? Like, as, I, I, if you're a player, do you know, okay, we're only doing it 80% this week, or, oh, we have points in the bag where our focus is now strictly on the championship? Are you the players kind of let in on that, that whole thinking process? I, I, Judge, you're asking me now, can I remember, you know, conversations that the management said, this Sunday, we're not going out to win? This Sunday we've something else at play, and the team that we put out, I, I no, no, you'd read between the lines, you'd know by the selection, you'd know by the maybe the training that you might do, that you might prioritize some heavy training as opposed to peaking for the match in a week or two's time, that you knew that you were willing to get the benefit of the heavy training for the longer game, that it might come at a cost. So, so you so you knew that you weren't putting all your eggs on that Sunday. You knew by certain players might be rested and they mightn't be been thrown in for a game. But the 15 players that you always went out to win the game, like you always went out to perform at your best, whatever that was, you know, if you've been training hard and you've heavy legs, you're not going to perform at the top level. So that's going to have an impact. But you knew that as a, as a team and you sort of say, well, you know, but to say that you go out and say, right, guys, throw this game. Don't don't win it. We don't want to win it. No. And I don't think any good manager in any sport says that realistically, to be honest with you. And it's very different this year as well, Will, because like we're after four rounds of the league. We're probably, what are we, two months from the championship? Less. Oh. Um, six weeks, probably. Um, whereas, you know, uh, go back a few years after four rounds of the league, you're probably three months from the championship still. So this is new for everyone, or almost brand new for everyone. So that that's 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 the challenge. That's the that's the challenge is getting that sort of stuff right. I think was it Alex Ferguson said, "Winning is a habit." You know, it's a habit you want to you want to you want to get and keep. It's funny when we're talking about how managers might be managing 
the group at this moment in time because you know I think you were at the Kerry. Were you at Kerry over the weekend? I was in Kerry on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. Reading an interesting Jack O'Connor comment as he kind of reflected on the the poor performance in Mayo, saying you know it was unacceptable. The players knew that, but we still told them on Tuesday night really to hammer it home. And I was thinking, could that be a good thing that they ended up getting that? bad beating against Mayo, it just really focuses the minds that there won't be any complacency. Given they went through the league, you know, the league with a pretty good record last year, I think they lost one game to Tyrone, and you know, is getting an early knockback like that maybe good to reset? I, I suppose it can be used after the fact it can certainly be turned into a good team, because you've no option at that stage. You have to simply turn it around into saying, right, where did we go wrong and, and look, and maybe you can give a, a, a you can read the riot act a little bit in the back or something like that, but I, I thought maybe the best thing about it was that like Armagh are very, very seasoned and very organized and very very hard to beat at the minute they're very physically strong they've one or two marquee players like reno neal is a, a standout you know he, a couple of things went wrong from the other night but what he's capable of like he is a game breaker in his own right and but kerry had to sort of jack touching it afterwards they had to earn the right to play the game on their on their terms before they could ever go about winning the thing. So they had to stand up to the physical battle. They had to realise that they had to mind the ball. They couldn't be taking pot shots. And it took them a long time to get the grips of it. Right there, it went to the wire. I think that, if you remember that score from um, from Jarry Oak Burns, that was on 65 minutes and two Kerry defenders ran into each other and all my, I thought at one stage they knocked each other out. And that put Kerry a point down Um with about five minutes plus injury to go. They have only three games left. Only one more of them was at home. They were heading to Tyrone next week. So in that moment in time, they're in a, re- they're in a wee bit of bother. They're in a little bit of bother. And then they managed to dig it out with two points from two subs. Tony Brosnan curled over a lovely one. And then Donald Down O'Sullivan fisted one over when, when there was a, a goal on. But the nature of the game, it was 12 points to 11 and finished. A point was really important. I thought that was a very good bit of option taken by him. That to just to, to recognize in the moment that a point is so precious in the context of this particular game. And that proved to be the winning point because Real O'Neill's day free went over the bar. So I thought it was a very good evening's work for Kerry on several levels. There was the response to the call, or the response to the Mayo game, and then there was the standing up to the Armagh test. Because Armagh are a proper, proper test now. I think they've uh there's they're they're a very top, they're a top end team. They're a good test for anyone now. Are they? I I I saw them in Roscommon the week before, and I was wondering, uh, I was wondering, Jesus, like you know, uh, what's the credentials? The honestly, Dominic, I'm I'm going to challenge you. In this or, organization, they're, they're no, no, 12, no. What, what, have they, what have they got in the bag to say that this is their second year in Division One, and haven't been indifferent there for the past previous. Well, they were beaten in the Ireland semi-final. They haven't got to an Ulster final yet. They've, they've got a handful of wins behind their back in Ulster like they haven't I, well I guarantee you Dick no one will there'll be no one thinking say come the last eight of the championship going well I'll tell you what I want off those eight teams left standing I want Armagh I, I, I don't agree, think anyone I agree that. with you but I think that's more the fact that the overall standard and pack now is condensed as I say an Armagh or yeah, definitely yeah, and, that, and, as opposed to like I say they've, they've, they've a lot to prove yet for me and as I said they're, they're definitely there but well, I think they, last year was definitely the first time they landed a blow, say, on, yeah. on or oh, certainly yeah. made it on, on the national. Yeah. Fa- and 100%. 100%. what what you could say, what, what you could say about them is that you know they're still they still are maybe pulling off the uh, uh, maybe a smaller panel than other things. But Barry McCambridge did a very good job on David Clifford yesterday. Admittedly, yeah. first game back, and he had loads of help from Aaron McKay. It was nearly it, at times he was being double teamed effectively, and Clifford in in three or four weeks, I would say, would be unrecognizable from the fellow who played yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think, as I said before, I think Reno O'Neill is a standout. I think we would be talking about him an awful lot more. His, his kicking yeah. off the ground from all sorts of ranges, I think he's brilliant. Um, Jason Duffy in Armagh was excellent, kicked four points in the first half, didn't go that well from Andrew Mornan, I think has his moments as well. I think if they get one or two of them a little bit more consistent in the forward line, um, they, they, they will offer a lot. Aiden Falker's a very good footballer and mm-hmm. in, in, and a lot of these guys are very good in the modern sense in that they can do a little bit of everything. You know, they're organised, they'll run their lines, they'll, but they'll break, they'll attack when they can, they'll take the right options. Um, I, I think I think they're if a they follow it up, now. If they follow it up, as I said, because, because, because like like, like Armagh, I, I get, I'm coming at this from a different context, I get frustrated indefinitely by uh, when an Armagh, a Derry, a Meath or a Cork or one of these traditional counties that won an All-Ireland back in the day pop their head up and make a burst they're now they're out given All-Ireland like, contenders Armagh are hardly a traditional county you know, are they? 
No, well, the, the Keir McGinley factor gets them a wee bit. It gets them more credentials than they probably should in terms of what they've actually done. As I said, they had a good year last year. They were a penalty kick up. from an All-Ireland final. But they need year. to follow it up, as I said. So they need to follow it up. There's, the, the, there's, there's plenty of teams that, that got themselves an yeah, All-Ireland yeah, semi-final. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Away. So I agree with they you need to follow it up before yeah. it was a quarter final as well. They didn't even get to the semi-final. Right. So, so they need to follow it up in terms of Ulster Championship. As They need to get an Ulster final. And they need to win an Ulster Championship. And then they need to actually get to the last four again on their merits. As I say, they haven't done that. Okay, they haven't had consistency. They've came and gone. And as I say, so, so in terms of beating Armagh, like Monaghan, with a half the team that they have at the minute, could have beaten them in the first round of the league, you know, in terms of a benchmark. And I was a full Armagh team that day. You know, and I see where Monaghan are now against that night. So as it, to me, there's a question mark over them. Have they pushed on from where they were? I don't think so. I think they're good. But they're in that pack. They're not necessarily at the top of it for, for me. But who, that's, who that's, is at the top, Dick? Like I think I just think it is a bit of a pack at the minute. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'd I'd probably Kerry and, yeah. I, and I, then I, maybe a mic ahead of everyone else. Then that's you can right. Pull a blanket you pull, over the rest. pull Derry Dublin, so you've got basically ten teams. Do you know what I mean? That that on any given day will beat each other, which is which is great for the championship. Do you know what mm. I mean? It, what about Derry then, Dick? You know they're four from four. Three of their four games have been by double digits. You know they won Ulster last year. They got to an All Ireland semi final. You know are they All Ireland contenders for you later on in the year? I think they're in the they're in the pack, hundred percent. Um, and any team in that pack, depending on what team they arrive at the business end of the season with, will determine a lot. The reality is Derry are, and this is this is we've seen this with with Rory Gallagher's Donegal that. They have a style of play which is which is very effective and very difficult to play against, but it's predicated on massive levels of fitness and intensity that for teams that aren't at that level just really can't stay with. And that's you've seen that in, in Newbridge yesterday and you've seen that already in the league. And that that will level off come the summer as teams get fitter and that advantage sort of falls away. But but the dogs on the street up here know how hard Rory and that has had the dairy team training and, and are, are reaping the benefits now. And you can look at them and, and they're, they're guys that have, a lot of those guys are playing a long time with dairy with nothing. So they're hungry. They're mad. As, as the saying goes, mad for grass. And you can see that. Um, the Brenton Rogers, the Chrissy McKeggs, the, the Michael Downies, these boys are just, this is all just new and they're loving it. Right. Um, so they have that advantage over teams. That's difficult to sustain, is what I'm saying. Is it? It's very much predicated on a few key players going at a hundred percent. The likes of Shane McGuigan, and Connor Glass, those yeah. boys. This this spine, keeping them because that that's their spine of the team. They need to keep that level of fitness, um, desire to do the work that they're doing, and actually have them on the pitch physically fit. And that you can't always guarantee that. And that's that's where Derry are at the minute. They're all on the pitch flying like. Be pulling Connor Glass back in after the year that he had, I thought was Jesus. That was that was hard on him. Like he could have been given a bit of a breather. He's having to go at go at the mm. well again, and that that's hard to sustain. You know, as much as they would, would want. Some some of the points that Dick was making about Armagh, I think you can you can level some of them at Derry as well. Like you know, when it came to it last year, like obviously very good team, Ulster champions. I I thought the, the I was in Clonus that day. I thought to beat it. Just a tired looking Donegal yeah. team. It didn't couldn't match that energy or effervescence at all on any level. But when it came to the All Ireland semi final, I think they scored one six in seventy minutes to county football against the team who you know uh, who could match them, I suppose, athletically and had had a, a few tricks of their own. And they only used three subs that day, so they're working off a narrow. Unless Rory has found one or two, or has brought on lads who he maybe trusts a little bit more this year. Like three subs in an Ireland semi-final, your season's on the line. You know, you think at that stage you're throwing everything at it, but that would suggest that maybe there's just not the depth of of players there that he thinks can come in and make the side a little bit better in the last ten or fifteen minutes. But I agree with Dick in in the pack, absolutely. And on a given day, they could take someone out. And what I'm about to say, you could say about almost anyone. But will they do that two or three times in a row in Crow Park to win an All Ireland final? Win an Ireland title. I, that's that's the next step for Derry. Um, that's certainly Armagh need to do that once or twice. Derry need to do, do that as well. There's a handful of teams you could say that about that they could take someone out, but will they do three days in a row to win win Sam McGuire? 
Yeah, on Saturday, Derry hosts Dublin as well, the two kind of top teams, Division 2, Dick, and kind of the same set of results, but Dublin have, you know, one point win over Clare with a, with a massive late rally, you know, one point win over Kildare, who've been very, very poor. You know, they beat Limerick well, but afterwards, Desi Farrell said, oh, we looked like a Division 2 team out there and a narrow win over Cork as well. Like, this will be an interesting test for Dublin too. It is, but like Division 2, even Division 3, when you drop down into that, you sort of get pulled down. You're, you're not, you're not, it's very difficult for players that are used to playing at the top level to, to bring that. And that, that's not an excuse for them, but you know, the hype, the buzz, the crowd, everything is at a, a lower level. So it's, it's not surprising that Dublin aren't operating at their max at that level. They, they know what well, it's very difficult to fool a dressing room. Like if, if they know that they will get through this at, at third gear, they have enough depth in that. Um, they're winning games when they need to win games. I would say if, if you want to judge Dublin, judge Dublin on the last basically 10 minutes of their last two games. That's when the questions were asked, are you good enough to win a game that you should have? Or are you going to come away with this game with your tail between the legs in terms of losing a game that you shouldn't? And they didn't. And and that's that's enough for Desi Farrell at this point in time. Like vast majority of teams would have lost that game against Eclair, you know. So the fact that that Dublin panel question marks and all that they were able to eke out a result to, to score seven points on the trot against a fairly you know capable Clare side is 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 a very very positive um, mark in the sand for Desi. So whatever but everything that was before, he can work on that. But that there is the the wherewithal, there is the talent, there is the drive to get those results. Like you can't, you can't, you can't bottle that. You, you just either have it or you don't. And he still has it. So that's that's a massive. And I, I was watching. We were talking about him last weekend, Jack McCaffrey. You know, the question mark is, can he dominate a game for seventy minutes as the season progresses? We'll we'll wait and see. But still. When they needed a drive, when they needed that that last point, someone to create something like he did the weekend before in Cork, it was him that that just drove through the heart of that uh, Clare defence to set up. I think it was a, was a Cormac Costello or somebody to to fist the last point over. You know that that's what that's what Desi Farrell is looking to find over the league, not not a, a Division Two league title. It's 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 to get players back in. Try and blood new players. He like we know he's throwing boys out there that aren't performing, but you, you got to throw them out there to see how they do. And 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 for everyone that that sticks, the other one doesn't. That's part of that's part of the league process now for Desi. And as I say, it will be a bit indifferent at times, but there's enough we nuggets there to suggest, as I said, they, 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 that they're going in the right direction for me. You know, and will like I think as well the thing for Dublin is they'd never say it out loud, but like you'd expect them to still cruise through Leinster. I don't think neither Mead or Kildare have pulled up trees this year or anyone else really to suggest that they'd offer them any real trouble. So, like, Dublin, you'd expect them to get to a Leinster final and win it, which means that their first match where they'll need to be full bore or very close to it isn't until towards the end of May or the end of February now. So, it, again, it's a slightly different picture for Dublin than other teams because they can play, as Dick says, in third gear, They'll still get out of um, out of uh, out of uh, out of Division Two, and then they can probably go to second gear and still win Leinster with plenty to spare. And then the games they need to come around for. So, you know, they're 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 a long way off championship form at the minute, I would say. And as well as that, they've a lot more pieces to slot back in. You know, I was thinking of Sean Kavanagh talking last night about. You know, can you expect Paul Mannion to come back in and do it? Like it's the cumulative cumulative effect of these things. So if you're coming up against a full forward line and someone has to take Conor Callaghan, then someone else has to take Paul Mannion, and then so on, and then all of a sudden your your good players are being occupied by the business of marking players like that, and that has a knock on effect throughout the field for who picks up who, and then other people are in winning individual individual battles. So um, I I think Dublin are fine. I think they're they're they'll yeah. be very close. They'll they'll go very very close. Do you know what's mad though? And I, I had a few conversations yesterday with it. How little people actually, and and you could argue us the same in the way we're talking about games at the minute. How little people understand what is ahead of them this summer in terms of the competitions. When you get to the, you know, there's an awful lot of people going to matches now. I can guarantee you now have no idea 
that there's a, a, a round robin all Ireland stage because because that's how people work. Yes, they, they, absolutely. It takes yeah. the, would, would you agree, Donegan? Yes, so, yeah, yeah. So they still think it's a, an Ulster <clears throat> or Connacht Championship, and they think it's all Ireland the next day. So when you think of what's coming down the tracks, you're going to play your provincials, and next thing, boom! It's almost as if the whole previous year, what we're talking about yes. now, it will completely be forgotten, and more so than any year. Because you've got this fantastic competition that's going to come now, and it will be when you look at how the crowds, how people are going out to support the the league. Like, look at the crowd in Tralee. There was a six thousand face, six thousand RMA people and, went and out. delayed by ten minutes. Unbelievable! The crowd mm. in Roscommon or in Clonish yesterday, Roscommon last week. Like, what's that going to be like in the summer when all these teams are playing at the peak, went looking to win every game, no excuses. Like, it's going to be unbelievable. So. And that goes back to the conversation. What are these games about at the minute? So for the Kerrys, for the Dublins, for the Mayos now at this stage, it's, everything has to be about adding to when you get to the group stage in the All-Ireland final. Finding a player, giving somebody game time to get them that they're not, they're in the panel number one or from the panel, are they, a, are, are they somebody that you can bring in or are they a starter? You know, that, that, that they're, they're in the conversation a style of play that you want to try and bring that trying things like you're looking at what Kevin McStay is trying with Mayo in terms of their setup and having you're, you're trying things now that he knows that he has to bring something different for Mayo in Croke Park if they're going to win in All-Ireland so try it now mightn't always work but th- th- you've only got a, f- a few games that you're going to be able to try these things out so so going back to the Davy Bork and Roscommon so they should have aspirations to, to be in that and there's no reason that they won't be. So everything that they're doing is adding to that, that it's, it's a positive move towards that because it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be huge, you know? God, the, that round robin seems a long way off from the distance. It does, that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's actually not really like it's, it's so such a tight, it, 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 it'll come on us before we realize it as well. Well, for now, Dick, thanks so much for joining us. All right, folks, take care. Well, we're going to turn our attention towards the hurling now. Delighted to be joined by John Milan. And John, I might start off by asking you a question I asked Dick at the start of our football chat, and that's there's a number of new managers in Division 1. We're kind of at the halfway point of the of the campaign. You know, Kilkenny, Tipperary, Waterford, Dublin, Cork, all with new men on the sideline. Who do you think will be the happiest today with how their team have performed over the first three rounds? I would be thinking Liam Cattle, Pat Ryan, uh, going off uh, results, going off of uh, performances. You know, probably a change of style from uh, for Tipperary. Uh, boat managers are after blooding an awful lot of personnel. You know, we're hearing the word squad, the word squad depth now. I think boat managers are building um, really good squad depth. You know, as we know, when you go play the championship now, you need 20, 23 players that you can trust. And I think both managers are really gearing towards that, that they have the personnel and squad debt to go and, 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 and uh, you know, bring a challenge to, to the championship come, come, come April, May. Yeah, Donny, what about you? You know, there's a couple of teams, obviously, when you're three from three, you're going to be happy with how you're doing. What about some of the other teams who haven't that 100% record, but with new managers? Will they still be pleased with some building blocks they put in place, do you think? I suppose the one we we'll all we're all looking at is sort of we're interested to see how David gets on um, in, in Waterford. Early days there yet, and I think you have a fair idea what Davy's going to try and do. And he has a good reputation for hitting the ground running uh, when he takes over a team. So he's he's one to watch. But I'd agree with with uh, John, like probably Cork. I would say that after Holland and Pat Ryan, I think they've done everything right. The the you know we were talking in football about you know about how teams should approach games. He was very clear what he did with the Westmead game at the weekend. He put out fellas who hadn't seen much action so far and they got the job done. Um, so they went three from three with, with a team without uh, without a lot of the frontliners. So I think I think Corker will be very happy with what they've done so far. Yeah, but Davey is a very interesting story, John. Like, well, How has he been received? Now that we're three games in, obviously when he came back, there was a, a lot of intrigue and maybe some surprise. Are Waterford people going to these games, are they pleased that he's back? Probably mixed was probably a mixed reaction when he did get the job, but I think uh, going off of who was available, I think and uh, going off his track record, I think the Waterford fans are are delighted to uh, to see him back. Now, for me, I think uh, the league it's very hard. It's going to be very very hard to judge Waterford and particularly Davy. Um, 
in this league. And, and you know, why the reason I say that is coming off the back of winning last year's league and then the capitulation uh, in, in the championship. So I think Davy nearly, I would say Davy nearly has a free pass in this league because I think all eyes are on that Munster around Robin. I think, you know, even if results don't go his way in the next couple of weeks, obviously Tipperary are up and, and Kilkenny are, are up after Tipperary. So we'll get a good gauge of, of where, where they're at. But I think Waterford fans are just are just holding out for for the round robin, and I think that's where where they're going to be judgmental on on, on you know Davy coming back for 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 a second go at it. So you know Davy, as we know, as as we've seen seen before, he he likes to attack the league. He likes to build momentum through the league. Would would winning the league be be a good thing or a bad thing for Waterford? Look. Waterford people never turn their nose up at uh, up at winning leagues. An interesting thing I, I read last night is that Waterford have never done back to back in anything, whether it be league, monster success, or, or all earning success. So I think yeah, he might look at that and say, you know, that that's a stat that I I, I would like to change and uh, have have on my CV. But I think ultimately, uh, you know, we won't know, you know. We won't really know until on, until until that month around Robin. So for me, I think ultimately, I think he ha- he, ha- he has a, he has a free pass in this league. I think you know that's going off off the back of last year. But I'd uh, say I'd imagine John the fairly pragmatic are the Waterford people because they know they have a very very good team and they've been in All Ireland finals, semi finals, Munster finals, and they've come up against this Limerick team who you know are you know building a a, a reputation for the ages as thing goes on. But I'd imagine when Davey got the gig, it was kind of like, well, do you know what? We need to try something different. We need to try something that we need to reinvigorate these lads while we still have a lot of them in their pomp. And maybe Davey was the key. So I'd imagine that they were quite sort of like, well, it's a, it's as good a gamble as any with this group of players because they know they have a very good group at the moment. Yeah, 100%. But, but they have a very, very good group. But, but uh, what's the lifespan left of this team? Mm. What, two, probably three years max. So... You know what you're going to get from Dave. You're going to get a kick. You know there's going to be a feel good factor. You know in, in around the setup. You know brings an awful lot of professionalism to any any setup he, he he goes into. So there will be a kick. Now whether that kick will be good enough to uh, to finish in the top three. And look here here's me coming off the back of you know we we national league success last year. If this was 15 20 years ago and we national league success, we'd say Jesus last year was. Was it was a great success, but you know, winning a winning a league, and if they were to fail, if they were to fail in in the top three again this year, I don't think Waterford fans would would probably be, would accept that. I think the the big thing for Waterford supporters, and I think the big thing for actually this team and David this year, is just getting into that top three and getting into the All Ireland series and see where that takes you. Stephen Bennett said it there. Um, well, like we did a piece with him there. He was rolled out for media duties, and he was just we were asking about last year, and he's he's very matter of fact and very straight shooter. Like, but we were asking him, you know, what happened? He said, look, I haven't really thought about it. But the one thing he did say is, look, I don't think you can do what they did last year in terms of being a top form. He says, I don't think you could stay in that for four or five months, is what he said. So, you know, that I'm sure that will be being fed back through to Davy as well. That you know they felt like they burned out maybe a little bit. At the by the time the league and the league was finishing the championship rolled around, so I'm sure that'll be in management's mind when they look at the profile of last season going into this season. And and as John says, like like for the rest of the monster teams, like top three is nearly a non-negotiable for all of them. Yeah, and what and, and just going off of that, and what was refreshing to see yesterday was was the team selection giving lads an opportunity. You know, he hasn't started Austin Gleeson, Stephen Bennett didn't start yesterday. And what I was delighted to see yesterday was Desi Hutchinson get get a you know not start or, or get or get a break or you know I don't even I, I don't even think he was in, in the match day panel because I was looking on I was looking on the first two games and I was saying yeah you know I would have left him left him alone for possibly the first two or three games because when you look around and you see the Ballyhay lads running back yesterday St Thomas's lads aren't back yet Desi Hutchinson has probably had a, a you know. A very commanding, heavy loaded three to four years with either Ballygunner or Waterford. So I think that was actually a good move over the course of the weekend. Desi Hutchinson not seeing any action. And I think for Waterford, I think he's pivotal 
you know, Gleason is pivotal. Jamie Barron is pivotal. It'll be interesting. Will he, will he arrest Barron for the last few games against Tipperary, Kilkenny? He's after playing the last three games. But, you know, they're going to be our main guys if Waterford are going to finish in that top three. Desi Hodgson, uh, go back to it, Austin Gleason. The Burka hasn't seen any action yet. Stephen Bennett, uh, Desi Hodgson. They're your leaders. They're your go-to guys that are going to get you over the line and get you into that top three. So yeah, it's really, think- very interesting how he's actually... You know, using those lads throughout the course of the league. Do you think Davy will have a different plan for Gleason, um, Austin Gleason, uh, John? Um, you know, he, he sort of has his own approach to things. He's been bounced around different positions with Waterford. Where, where do you think? What do you think Davy's plan is is for? Well, you you, you don't know, Davy. I mean, we we've seen it time and time again over the last last couple of years. You know, Davy Davy can do something in the league and, and you know have all the opposition believe well look this is the way Waterford are, are gonna are gonna go out and play and then he can he he can he can throw you he can throw throw you off the other way by throwing a, a spanner into the works and it will be interesting you know I mean Austin is so versatile you could play you could play him anywhere uh from practically centre back up so it will be very very interesting you know, even even the way they're playing at the moment, they're kind of going with the same template as playing as as he as he did on, under his watch down at Wexford. You know, where they're running every ball, playing one inside, two inside. So, will be interested to see will he continue that that similar that similar template of playing that uh, that that he that he laid out down down at Wexford under his time down under Wexford. You know. Don't get to, to kind of go at it from the other way now. What any team in particular has disappointed you over the couple of you know f- few rounds of Galway? You've had two disappointing home defeats. Wexford's performance yesterday being twenty points down at half time to Clare. Like you know, what team really stands out to you in more of a as a negative way to be a bit cruel about it? I suppose you could make the case against Wexford and Galway. I suppose starting with Wexford in particular, like you know. That was a, a a bad beating by any measure, and even in making allowances for you know the players who are missing Liam Ryan, Matthew Hannan, Lee Chin, obviously uh, Rory O'Connor, you know that's that's the that's the probably the centre of your team, they're the spine of your team. Um, but even it, it just it looked so disorganised, it looked like they were getting bullied coming out with the ball, turned over really easily. Uh, the concession at that amount of goals, it was just against the Clare side who themselves had sort of underperformed previously as well. So. You would be a little bit worried about that uh, about that level of performance, albeit with those players come back in. I think you make a similar case for Galway. You know, they made a bit of a, a, a go of it towards the end, but again, they were missing a handful of players. Like you know, players didn't start. Like Conor Wheel didn't start. Brian Concannon, Fintan Brook, one or two others. You know, it, it, so and it goes back to what we were talking about in, in the football part of the show is like how our managers approaching this. You know, so. And don't forget, it's 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 a different schedule with with the hurling as well. So like we had, we're coming off a break. We've had action the weekend just gone, and we're going into another weekend's break. So I think there's a very different uh, approach to this from managers in hurling. I think we saw John Kiley and Henry Shefflin laughing on the line yesterday on the highlight show. Uh, I'm not sure that they'll be laughing if they meet later in the summer. Do you know what I mean? That'll that'll be it'll be a very different atmosphere and dynamic. So. Um, you know, I, I don't think I don't I wouldn't be going too hard on anyone at this stage of the game because I think everyone has their own ideas about how to approach this season. Um, and that's some some people will be going out for it an awful lot harder than others for their own reasons. But uh I, I think you know there's a little bit of a waiting game here. Yeah, it's funny, even I saw Henry Shefflin comment when he almost said, Oh, you could accidentally end up in a league final if you're not careful, like as if that would be <laughs> the worst thing in the world. Because John, it is funny. I do kind of think that what happened with Waterford last year is kind of hanging over this league that maybe no one wants to be playing too well, or else you're you're almost making a rod for your own back then. That if you don't do well in your championship round robin, even though it's really competitive, you, the finger's gonna be pointed directly at the manager saying, Oh, you worked them too hard, or you did this, or you did that. It, it's kind of an interesting place now because ordinarily you want to be winning games, but now it almost feels that it could be counterproductive in the long run, potentially. Yeah, well, what, what was very interesting yesterday was was uh the remarks by both Henry and Darry in, in the aftermath of, of that match where both kind of made reference to you know lads, you know, that were given their opportunity and and you know, lads of you have from from Henry. Lads, if you have to slip him down the ladder in regards team selection, Dar Egan, you know, commenting that, you know, other lads possibly mightn't see mightn't see any action for the for the for the rest of uh, of the year. 
yeah, I was up at that goal with the Limerick game yesterday and, and I was actually going up to the match looking forward to seeing some of the... Right, granted, you know, when I seen the Galway team, they were down, Connor Whelan didn't start, Carl Mannion is out injured, uh, Evan Nyland was rested, Brian Kincannon was on the bench, but I was actually looking forward to seeing the likes of uh, this new lad, Martin McManus, um, Kevin, Kevin Coney, and a few others, would they put their hand up? And they didn't put their hand up. But you know what's actually kind of doing my head in at the moment, Will, and I don't, I don't think my comment on it, is that, you know, we've seen it even on League Sunday last night. I would like to, like to see a stat over the course of the weekend. How many s- scores were coughed up by teams who were either overturned in their own half or, you know, gave away the ball by, you know, handling errors or, you know, there was no ball retention. And I just feel that some of the teams out there at the moment, they're trying to they're trying to mirror and perfect and replicate the Limerick style of playing instead of saying to themselves, well, you know what? We're going to go out and we're going to play our way of, of playing. I mean, I was up there yesterday. Brian Kincannon came on at halftime. And I'm not lying to you, Will. He was inside the full forward line with Kevin Coney. The two of them now are not lying to you. They could have went down to Salt Hill, they could have ordered an ice cream, and they would have came back up, stayed in the full forward line, and the ball still won, still won of coming into him. And I just even feel, feel that, you know, near the end where they just threw caution to the wind, I think it was Connor, Connor Whelan hitting a ball just direct. Uh, the other Cooney hitting another ball as well just went direct and all of a sudden it caused a bit of, bit of consternation in, in, in the Limerick backline and I just think you know teams you know Wexford shouldn't be going trying to replicate you know the Limerick style of playing they should be trying to you know you go back to you go back to when when, when, when Wexford played Clare last year played two men inside had Lee Chin and, and Conor McDonald and went went direct you know, I even take it back to the World Cup when Holland played played Argentina. It was all carpet football, carpet football. Wasn't getting them anywhere. They were 2 0 down. What did they do? To Van Dyke up front, to a broad on your man, uh, and just went went direct. And all of a sudden, they came straight back into the game, got back, got back to 2 0, went the extra time. And what did they do? Reverted back to, you know, pass uh, carpet football. And I just feel that some of the managers that are out there now. It's all about stick to the process stick the ball retention and there's prob- they're probably overdoing it on you know the, the ball retention taking an extra extra pa- pass too much now granted I accept that this is the modern the modern way but I, I honestly think that ha- certain teams have to go and mix it up if they're going to take on Limerick this year because if you're going to go down the route of trying to replicate and trying to perfect what Limerick are going to do I mean the teams were at it the last three, four years and they haven't found a way. So I think they're going to have to come up with something different, you know. And I just feel that some of the teams, you know, have to try something something different and maybe go, go back to some of the old, old fundamentals, fundamentals where, you know, there's no harm in getting the ball and, you know, get the head up and just hit the ball 70, 80 hours. I was a corner forward, all right? And what I used to say to some of them, I don't care how the ball, just get the ball in quickly and I'll, and, and I'll, and, and I'll, do, and I'll do the rest. And even going back to when all, we were playing, you know, go back to that great car team of where they were, they, were, they, were, they were running the ball and hand-passing near the O'Connors. We just stuck to our plane of, of playing off the cuff and we went toe-to-toe with them. And I just feel that some of the teams, they're, they're over-elaborating on this, this modern style of play. And I think... You know, they have to find their own identity and own template of playing if they're going to, you know, going to go and challenge or going to win games of Holland this, this, this summer. It, it's like the old, uh, was it Tommaso Shea's line about Tyrone when Tyrone were winning all Ireland in the middle of the noughties and he says, well, if Tyrone were set dancing, we'd all be set dancing in the morning or something. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically you're saying like, you know, and I think John's point is well made that they are the most successful, most dominant team in Holland at the moment. So everyone looks at them and what are they doing? We need to do that. And as John says, they're doing it three, four, five, six years now at this stage. And you did see that a lot, like with Wexford coming out with the ball, just turned over, trying to over-elaborate it. I think Tony Kelly uh, nipped one in. There's just a simple hand pass, just intercepted, no problem, set him up for a goal. 
And, you know, it's it sort of, uh, if, if you watch Limerick doing it, where they'd work two, three hand passes and then one one nice pass out to, I think it was Kyle Hayes, was to, must be standing in the zone about three or four times out on the thing, three or four long strides and over the bar. Um, you know, they, they've been at it a long time and they've done it under the most, you know, the most demanding circumstances of all Ireland finals and, and places like that. So, you know, to try and beat them at that game it's probably a fool's errand to be honest with you. And you know, uh, John John makes the point there that you have sometimes you have to stick to play to what you have. And you know, not everyone has the range of options what Limerick have, but they'll have something different. So maybe they have to maybe be better off playing playing to that, playing to their own particular strengths. Yeah, certainly an interesting debate. Another interesting talking point from that game, John, was the Kyle Hayes incident. You know, I think it's fair to say a very lucky man that he, that he wasn't shown the line for that for that flick. Yeah, look, when I first time I was up there and, and I said it to Marty Morris at the time, I said, geez, I think he... And Sh- Sean Stack was actually going for his card and then he went to go to the to the linesman uh, to get his opinion on it. And then he just kind of, you know, I think well, he had a few words with, with Kyle Hayes, but he was a very, very lucky man. Probably should have seen uh, seen um, see, seen the line. Uh, but again, I think, I think, you know, it goes back to it, you know, that's probably that probably the one thing that, that John Coyley is probably going to keep banging the drum, you know, and training the lads, you know, we've got to, the silly stuff. We've got to just kind of minimize the silly stuff because I think ultimately, you know, if they go down to 14 men, that's probably one of the factors that could, you know, potentially um, stop them from, 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 from doing the, 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 the four in a row. I suppose the other thing then we're all scratching our heads Um is you know what's going on with Aaron Galan? Is he coming back? Isn't he coming back? Uh, for me, I think you know we're six weeks out from the championship now. I think you know if you're a Limerick supporter, uh, if you're a Limerick player, uh, you have to be asking the question: Well, look, when is he going to? When is he coming back? We're hearing Dermot Burns is back from his holidays now. He's back in training, so I think a decision has to be made on on on, on Galan within the next you know, seven to ten days because, you know, you're, what, six weeks out from when Waterford play, play Limerick in the Championship. And for me, I think, you know, whatever's gone on there, I think they need to get Galan back in. He's he's pivotal to that Limerick uh, style of playing. Um, he's their free taker. And, you know, I asked the question, will they, will they win, a, win an All-Ireland without Galan? I don't think... Will they do four in a row without Galan? You know, they don't last year without without Lynch and without uh, Peter Casey, but I think Galan is pivotal and whatever is going on, I think they need to get it sorted within the next seven to ten days and, and get him back in. I think they've scored one goal in the three matches so far. Um, so, you know, that, you know, and, and if you're missing your best inside forward, you know, those two things are, you know, they're, they're first cousins. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big thing and I think if whoever lines up against Limerick this year in a knockout championship game they'd be an awful lot happier if Aaron Gillan isn't there than if he was certainly one of the very interesting talking points if he returns over the course of the league or, or even come championship but for now I'd like to thank Dunica and John for joining me on this week's episode of the Throw On Podcast we'll be back next Monday with another show recapping all the latest action and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or listen on independent.ie so until next time thanks for listening and goodbye This is an Irish independent podcast.